0: Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about living in three dimensions. And um, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can really help us by doing that. And also hit the like button, the thumbs up button down there. Let, let, let the network know you really like what you're hearing and share this with somebody else. And then if you hadn't already, be sure to go to our website, MyFaithRoots.com, and sign up for that free email devotion that comes in print form every single day. Well, let's pick up our text and get started. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God... Someone says, why do you do this every day? So I, I, Because I want you to memorize this verse. <laughs> That's why. And this is what I used to do in children's church. If I said a memory verse eight times in a children's church setting and had the kids repeat it, and I had clever ways of getting them to do that, Uh, they, they remembered it. And so this is how you remember it. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, it's one of the first scriptures I ever learned. When God addresses any area of concern, He always speaks first to a leader. Who is leading this? That's who He talks to. The most striking example of this is found in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 where Jesus tells the Apostle John, I want you to say these things to the angels or the messengers or the leaders of those seven churches in Asia Minor. So he always go to the top and then he works in descending order. You know, when God wanted to set the children of Israel free, He sent Moses to go talk directly to Pharaoh. You know, Moses didn't go talk to all of those guys. In fact, before, what got Moses in trouble is he killed a guy who was beating a Hebrew slave. He dealt with one of the hard taskmasters. That's who he dealt with. And that's not how you fix things. He came back 40 years later, and who does he go to? He goes to the guy at the top. By the way learn this. Learn this This is a very important lesson. If you want to be seen as a person of honor and integrity, don't complain behind the backs of the people who have the power to fix your problem. I see this at schools all the time where parents will get out in the parking lot and criticize the administration. How can the administration fix something if they're not aware of it? And sometimes you may need to go to them. We'll go to everybody else, but we won't go to the leader. God's way is go to the leader. And sometimes we're afraid to go to the leader, but we shouldn't be. We need to be. able And that's why you change the way you go. You don't go with a negative attitude. You go to fix. And you know when you go to fix, you can be a whole lot more bold than a person who goes to attack. That's a lesson you ought to remember. All right, Now Moses was not sent to the officers. He was sent directly to Pharaoh. God raised up the apostle Paul, Where did he send him? He wanted one messenger to be raised up to go see the Roman emperor. And nobody understood what Paul was doing. They thought he was a lunatic for appealing to Caesar. They told him, don't go back to Jerusalem, you're gonna have trouble there. But Paul did it on purpose, knowing that this would be a path that would take him before the court of the Roman emperor Nero. And he went there and proclaimed the gospel to the most powerful man in all the world. And listen to me, God will never judge an empire until he first talks to its leader. And that's why we ought to pray. We want to see judgment come on some of these evil empires of the world. You need to pray that God will send a righteous messenger to those people because God will never judge an empire leader or a nation leader, a nation until he speaks to the leader. All right, now, so Christ spoke to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. Now, let me read this to you. This is John chapter 3. We read part of this last week. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now this is interesting to me. The most important message that Jesus had to preach was, people are going to be born again after I do my redemptive work. So who does he tell this to? Uh, One of the beggars that he heals? One of the blind men that he heals? No. He explains this to a ruler of the Jews who teaches the Jewish people. That's Nicodemus. And so he explains to him how that he's going to change people by their spirits. Let me read it. Let's keep going. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in to his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, "'Most assuredly, I say to you, "'unless one is born of water and born of the Spirit.'" uh, And the water is symbolic here. It means born because of the power of the Word. The Word is like water. And the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again.'" Now, what's he doing here? He is giving to Nicodemus, this ruler, and he's a righteous man, a righteous ruler. He's given him the layout of God's plan. This is why I'm here in Nicodemus. This is my mission. Now, what is Nicodemus facing? What is he focusing on? He is wanting to talk about the miracles. We know that you're a teacher comes from God. Because of all these miracles that you do. He focused on that. Jesus didn't say anything about the miracles. He didn't stop and talk about the miracles. Now the miracles were important to him, but he talks about something that's even more important than the miracles. He wants to talk about the new birth, because the new birth is going to fix all of the other problems in mankind. You know, the miracles alone won't fix all those problems, but a new birth will. Now listen to what Jesus would later say in the Gospel of John. Most assuredly, John 14, 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Wow. Jesus is saying, because of me going to the Father, and Three things had to happen. He had to be crucified, he had to be raised from the dead, and he had to ascend. So there's three things, the crucifixion, resurrection, the ascension. That is what he's doing when he goes to the Father. He said, because I'm crucified, resurrected, and go to the Father, you will be able to do the works that I've done, but you're going to be able to do even greater works than what I did. Now, How in the world could we do greater works than what Jesus did? I mean, there have been people who've worked miracles. and We read it in the book of Acts. The apostles did amazing miracles, and there have been many people since that time who've been used of God miraculously. But, but you did works to eclipse the work of Jesus? Absolutely. And here's why. Nobody was born again during Jesus' earthly ministry. They couldn't be. They could not be born again until after He died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven to become the high priest of the new covenant. Now think about this. Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. The reason that his relationship with God was broken, there was no connection anymore. There was no mediator between him and God. Jesus is the mediator who keeps us connected with God even when we sin. And so He is our connection. We have to have Him. And so He is saying, I am going to make it possible for you to do even greater works because I am going to pay for your sins, I'm going to rise over the power of death so you can have my life, and then I'm going to be there at the Father's right hand to ensure that your connection is never, ever broken. Now, the recreation of the human spirit that is the greatest miracle of the New Testament age. It's even greater than a, a person being healed of blindness or of terminal cancer or of any other disease. There's nothing to compare. And it changes our identity. It changes who we are. It changes my essence. Why? Because it gives me a totally new ability. A total new ability. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now that's not a new birth of the body. If it it was, then we would have a brand new body. We will get a new body someday, but not yet. We don't have it yet. Our minds are not born again. We, We may think differently. We may not learn to think in accordance with God's word, but you don't get a totally different mind because old things didn't pass away. You still have the knowledge that you had before. It is your spirit that is completely, totally changed. You you know, I want you to think about this. When when I was born again, all of a sudden, I was no longer afraid of God. My old things passed away. I, I had been afraid of God. I didn't want to talk about God. People came to my door, knocked on my door, and tried to talk to me about the Lord. I shut the door. I didn't want to talk to Him. I didn't want to hear about it. I hated to get behind somebody who had a bumper sticker that says, Eternity, where will you spend it? It made me start thinking about heaven and hell and what happened if I died. And I thought, doggone it, why did they have to put that stupid bumper sticker out there where I could see it? It messed up my week. I couldn't get that out of my mind. I'd think about it at night after I'd see it. And I knew it wasn't right with God. I had fear of God. God. Not not a healthy fear, not a healthy respect, but I was afraid of God. And when I accepted Christ, that all went away. I now knew I had a heavenly father who loved me. I had a totally different way of thinking about God. How, how come old things passed away? All things became new. I got a brand new spirit. Now, here's what happened. You and I were literally crucified with Christ. Romans chapter 6, knowing this, verse 6 says, our old man was crucified with him. This is what Jesus meant. It's what he was pointing to in Matthew 16, 24 when he said this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. Jesus was saying, you've got to be born again. That's what the cross is about. It's about you going to a cross. And you don't stay on the cross forever. It's the old man dies and a new man raised in his place. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. The New King James Version says, the King James says, I am crucified with Christ. But they corrected the tense in the New King James Version. I'm, I'm not being crucified with Christ every day. Uh, I was crucified with Christ. I deal with my flesh every day. I may crucify my flesh every day, but my spirit was crucified with Christ once and for all back there when I made the choice to receive Jesus Christ. My spirit doesn't have to be crucified every day. I have a new spirit born again with the life and the nature of God. Now listen to Romans 6, 6, the whole thing. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We get new abilities. Now we have the ability to begin to stop the sin that controls our lives. The King James Version says that we, our old man was crucified with him that the body of the sin might be destroyed. Now that word destroyed doesn't mean what you think it does. Uh, It means to be rendered ineffective. It's karageo. And it means not loss of being, but loss of well-being. It's what happened to the devil after Christ. Listen to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same, he took on a flesh and blood body, that through death, when he let that flesh and blood body die, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, We know the devil is still out there in the world and he's still working, but he has been rendered ineffective. You can cause the devil to be ineffective in your life. You can resist him. You can make him be ineffective in your life by standing on the Word of God and recognizing that Christ freed you from all of his power. He has no power over you. And so your body no longer has the ability to control you. You're no longer a slave to all of your impulses and your lusts and the things that controlled us, that drove us. We were prisoners of the lust of our minds and the lust of our flesh, and we have been given freedom over that. Why is that? Because your spirit was crucified and resurrected and given power over all of that. And that's how God fixes our sin problem. Now, it's something that we have to learn to grow in. We don't grow in being more right with God. We're already as right with God as we're ever going to be. We grow in our knowledge. So our growth is a revelation growth. Keep this in mind. This is what I said we're going to focus on in this series. We're going to feed our spirits. We're going to renew our minds, and we are going to control our bodies. That is our mission. Well, It's all the time I have for today, but we're going to Stay on this and explain this in detail. Keep talking about how you feed your spirit, how you renew your mind, how you control your body. You can control your body. You have more power than you think you do. And so we'll pick up with this tomorrow. So be sure to tell somebody about this and hit that like button down on the bottom of your screen and subscribe to our channel and then go to my website, myfaithroots.com. Be sure to get that free email that comes to your house every day. God bless you. Thank you for joining me.